What's up, sports fans? You're listening to Take 30 with A. Perky, and I'm your host, Amanda Perkins, and we are back. That's right, it's season two of Take 30, and the off-season is officially over, well, tomorrow, but it feels like it might as well be here. Um, it was a crazy off-season NBA and NFL-wise. Um, can't wait to dive into all the hot topics with you guys, and I'm so glad to be back and at it again. This episode, episode one, uh, for the NBA, we are going to talk about the crazy offseason and free agency that went down. Um, we'll also talk about the fact that there's really no more super teams. Now it's kind of the duos. Every team has a pair of stars. Well, not every team, but a lot of teams have a pair of superstars uh, across the league. Um, we'll also talk about players having more power now in the league and They can kind of control their own careers at this point. Um, And then we'll talk about the Lakers roster, of course, because that was one of the hot topics as well. And we'll end our NBA part of the show discussing Team USA. They're currently uh, playing in the FIBA tournament, and uh, we'll break that roster down and kind of talk about what they've been doing. On to the NFL, the season officially starts tomorrow, so that's super exciting. I'll talk about the teams to watch. Andrew Luck's crazy random retirement, we'll talk about that. He also got booed by the crowd because Adam Schefter kind of broke the news in the middle of their preseason game, so that was kind of awkward. Antonio Brown drama, another topic that has been talked about all offseason. He seemed to uh, draw attention every day for crazy things, not good things. Uh, Anton- uh, Ze- Ezekiel Elliott also uh, drew a lot of attention with his extension that he was seeking this offseason with the Cowboys, so that wasn't the smoothest of things, and uh, there was some drama there. Um, and then I'll finish the show out with my favorites to win, or the power rankings, really. Um, the top five teams going into the season. Uh, so let's get started, shall we? NBA free agency. They had quite a few shocking moves that went down. Um The first one to declare literally right when free agency opened was Kevin Durant. He released a video announcing he was going to the Brooklyn Nets, joining forces with Kyrie Irving. So that kind of formed the first power duo due to free agency. I mean, we already had LeBron and AD, but that wasn't a free agency thing. Um, After that, uh, Kemba Walker is heading to Boston, which I actually really like that move for Kemba. Um, I think that he will do well under Brad Stevens, and I also think that having Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, those guys, I think that's a good little crew they got over there, and it's much needed for that organization with all the Kyrie drama and Kyrie not really fitting into what they had going on in Boston. So I really do like this fit and I'm excited to see how Kemba 
um, meshes in with everybody. They're getting a head start because they have, what, four players who play for the Celtics on Team USA. So that is a good advantage for Boston. Um, They can get to know each other on and off the court. Um, Clay stays at Golden State. And a little surprise on Golden State, they acquired D'Angelo Russell. So I think that was a good pickup for them. I think that they needed another, I mean, D'Lo's on the up and up, but I think he definitely is star power material. And with Clay being out about half the season, um, I think that's really good for Golden State. I think that's a good pickup considering the options that they had. Um, JJ Redick goes to New Orleans. I was a happy girl when that came across my TV screen. Uh, everybody who knows me knows I'm a big J.J. Redick fan and a Duke fan. He was like my favorite Duke player in high school. So I loved J.J. Redick. And I honestly didn't even think New Orleans had him on their radar. I spoke with my dad and a few friends about, you know, who maybe we should acquire because, you know, New Orleans has a lot of good, exciting things going on right now with David Griffin. So... J.J. Redick was like a a wish list, but didn't think it was realistic. But he decided to take his talents to New Orleans, and I couldn't be more excited. He's exactly what they needed. They needed a sharpshooter. They needed a veteran who can guide that locker room. And they also acquired Derek Favors, who is also a good veteran presence along with Drew Holiday. So J.J. Redick was just what the doctor ordered for the Pelicans, and David Griffin made it happen. And then the big fish of free agency, Kawhi Leonard, who took his good old time deciding where he was going to go. Unfortunate for the Lakers and Raptors because they didn't really make any free agency moves due to the fact that they thought, you know, if they got Kawhi, obviously he would be a big payday and they needed to make sure they had the cap space to acquire him. So... The Lakers, I think, kind of made a little mistake there because they could have got some really good pieces in this heavy free agency class. And because they waited on Kawhi, they really missed out on all those pieces. I mean, J.J. Redick would have been great for them. They needed a pure shooter. Um, they needed some. They still need some defense and, honestly, a pure shooter. I mean, Danny Green, he can shoot, but I wouldn't. I think you could do better. But because they waited, they got what what was left after all the chips fell. So Kawhi did decide to go to the Clippers, but that wasn't the most shocking part. The most shocking part was they also acquired Paul George in a trade with Oklahoma City Thunder. Everyone was mind-blown at this move because no one knew PG was looking to be traded. No one had any murmurs about it. Like, no one knew. And the fact that he forced his way out of OKC at that time frame is crazy to me. He literally, obviously him and Kawhi spoke, and Kawhi told the Clippers, hey, get Paul George, it's a done deal. And they made it happen. Granted, the Clippers gave up a heavy, heavy overload. They gave up a lot of their picks. And they sent a good young talent down. But if you can acquire Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, I mean, you got to do it, especially in today's NBA. Everything's ever so changing. And if you have a championship right there, you do what you got to do to make that happen. 
So that was a few crazy free agency moves. Um, Notable trades, Russell Westbrook to Houston. Did not see that coming whatsoever. He's going to team up with James Harden. CP3 then goes on to OKC, which I feel bad for CP3. I thought they would move him out pretty quickly after getting him because obviously OKC is under a complete overhaul. I mean, they are in serious rebuild mode. And for a guy like CP3 to land in OKC, CP3 is towards the tail end of his career and... Typically, you would want to be on a team that is a championship contender, and he's sitting at OKC, who is in full rebuild rebuild mode. CP3 is in a sticky situation. Um, So we'll see if they actually hold on to him um, before the trade deadline, uh, right before uh, All-Star break. but CP3 is kind of stuck in not a good spot right now. And then, obviously, I just talked about Paul George to the Clippers. Those were some crazy trades that I was just like, what? Westbrook in Houston blew my mind. I honestly am eager to see how Harden and Westbrook gel together because it didn't go very well in OKC. And what happened right when James Harden left OKC and went to Houston? He balled out. He became the James Harden that we know today. So they're both like ball-heavy guards. Like they both like to have the ball. So I'm very, very interested to see how that works out, part two. Stay tuned for that one. That will be a very interesting one to keep an eye out on. So now we have no more super teams In the NBA, as of this season, who knows what will happen next season. I feel like at this point, the way the league has gone, I feel like anything can happen at any moment. Like any team can be completely changed within one decision, one moment. It's crazy how things work now. I would hate to be a GM, a coach, and an owner because I just wouldn't even know how to build a team because I feel like it's just ever-changing and the players are just dictating what's going on. It's really hard as a coach and a GM and an owner to build around something if you don't even know you're going to have it because they could just wake up one day and be like, hey, I want to trade. Trade me. (laughs) Like, I just built an entire team around you. Okay, whatever. Anyways, got a little off track. Now we have duos. So we have Kyrie and KD, Kawhi and PG, LeBron and AD, uh, James Harden and Westbrook, and then Steph and Clay. And you can even throw in Draymond on that one. But we're kind of seeing that stars are teaming up together, like just pairs. So that's pretty interesting. And it's exciting for the league because now superstars are sprinkled out throughout the entire league. And now it's anybody's game. Like, For the first time in a few years, it's not just Golden State, Golden State, Golden State, Golden State. It's, wow, I honestly couldn't really tell you and feel super confident who would win at this point without seeing any of them play. It's crazy how it's flipped, and I'm excited. I think this is the most excited I've ever been for an NBA season due to all the changes and the talent being sprinkled throughout the league. Um... I'm excited to see how everything goes this coming season. Um, The stars have more power now, which 
I don't know how I feel about it because my team obviously is a small market team. And granted, Dell Demps is was god awful GM. He just had so many terrible contracts and did not build around AD properly. But at the same time, with the small market in the Western Conference, mind you, it's tough to keep someone like an AD happy and stay. It, it's tough, especially with the gold, with Golden State in the West. It's kind of like I said earlier, like it was Golden State, like hands down. You could say that every before every season almost. Oh, Golden State, they should win. And if they don't, that's a complete failure. But I just, it's hard, especially for small markets. And look at Paul George, forced a trade in like 48 hours before it actually happened. Like, and there was a little bit of drama with that as well because Paul George and his Clippers press conference said it was a mutual decision between him and the Thunder that they both said his time was up there, which who would ever tell Paul George his time was up there, especially with the year he had last year. He had like, he was a candidate for the MVP award. Like, I, I just don't buy that. I think, uh, well, I mean, the owner did come out and rebut that comment. So I kind of agree with the owner there. Um, I, I think Paul forced his way out, to be perfectly honest, and I don't think he wanted that to sound bad. Um, so that's why he said what he said, but... It is what it is. He forced a trade. I mean, we're not dumb. And then AD forcing the trade. I think that was the worst move. Like, not the move, but the way he did it. I've never seen a request for a trade literally affect two organizations so bad like it did. The Lakers and Pelican seasons immediately ended that day when... He stated that he wanted out of New Orleans a week and a half before trade deadline and also wanted to throw in there that he's only going to sign with L.A. Therefore, other teams would not give up very much for him because he'd be a one-year rental. It, I'm still a little salty about it because obviously the city knew he was going to leave, didn't blame him, was going to be accepting of it. But why would you then corner the Pelicans and try to force their hand into what you wanted? Why not just tell them at the end of the season and let them trade you? Why not do that? And don't even say who you're going to sign with. Just leave it be. Just you want it out. Okay, let the Pelicans see what they can get for you. And then you're a free agent the next year. Sign with who you want to sign with. But the way he did it, that that's all folks shirt, his dad coming out in the media, which he's never come out his entire seven years in New Orleans. I've never heard his dad speak to the media. I just, it, it just left a bad taste in my mouth. So does not have to go through what the Pelicans and Lakers did this past season with that kind of drama. I hope other players and stars handle things a little bit differently and a little bit better than AD did um, in, the, in the future because I know that this is just the beginning of people requesting trades. 
Another thing that we're seeing with the players having uh, more power are they are signing um, shorter deals. Like Kawhi, LeBron, KD, they've all signed three-year deals, and the third year is a player option. So they can essentially decide if when year three comes, hey, I'm not happy, I'm going somewhere else. So a lot of these teams don't even know really what they're going to have on a yearly basis because even, okay, say LeBron isn't happy, or that's a bad example. Say KD uh, isn't happy in Brooklyn after year one, which obviously he's not playing, but just an example. He can try to force a trade, <laughs> and you only had him for one year. Like, that's crazy to me. I I would really hate to have to put together a team these days. But I do feel that the players should have some power, but they need to just find a balance between the organizations and the players. And so something that's fair. Um, and as a fan, too, if you're a hardcore Celtics fan or whatever fan, it, it'd be kind of tough to always have a new team every year or not even have a star at one point on your team. I just think the new structure definitely is seen, and I hope that there's a bit of a balance later on down the road. That brings me to the Lakers roster. They were such a hot topic this offseason due to the fact that they got Anthony Davis in the trade, the big trade of the summer. Um, sending Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, and several of their picks. They essentially don't have many picks in the draft. Um, They then only had, I think, was it three or four players officially on the roster when free agency opened? Um, Like I said earlier, they put all their eggs in Kawhi's basket because they realized they had the cap space due to a few things being shuffled around. And unfortunately for them, they ended up what was left over. And honestly, this roster, I'm not like so impressed. I think injury bug could definitely just kill this roster. Um, I have LeBron, Anthony Davis, Avery Bradley, Caldwell Pope, Caruso, Quinn Cook, Boogie, who tore his ACL and is replaced by Dwight Howard, Dudley, Danny Green, JaVale McGee, and Rondo. I'm not impressed, really, because Rondo, he's just okay. He's definitely going to fight an injury bug for sure. He's in the latter part of his years. And they have LeBron at point, I'm hearing this. Um, And then, so that means LeBron's really not going to play any defense. Uh, Defensively, I don't see how they're going to stop. They're literally just going to have to play uh, who can score the most points because their defense is just... I don't see their defense doing anything to anyone, honestly. And pure shooter-wise, Danny Green, I guess, is your go-to for that, but he didn't do too well in the championship games. Uh, I don't know. I'm not impressed by this roster. I think the Clippers have better on-paper roster. Their defense is going to be crazy. Pat Beverly, Kawhi Leonard, PG, I'm really excited to see how the Clippers look. That that team's going to be very impressive. They, to me, if I had to pick a favorite, which is hard, I would definitely pick the Clippers due to how they look on paper. But that's what's exciting about this year is that 
it's anybody's up for grabs, really. In the Western Conference, it's even more loaded, I feel like, because a lot of teams got really good. Um, and it, it'll be fun to watch this coming NBA season. On to Team USA playing in the FIBA tournament. Poor Team USA. We had so many people drop out. I mean, all of our stars pretty much dropped out. And if you look at Team USA's past, this team falls at the bottom of those teams. Um, Which is kind of funny because talent-wise, there's still a lot of talent on our team. But compared to what we're used to seeing, this roster is not impressive. So currently the roster is Harrison Barnes, Jalen Brown, Joe Harris, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, Donovan Mitchell, Mason Plumley, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Miles Turner, Kemba Walker, and Derek White. Um, as you can see, a lot of them are not all-stars, but we do have a few, not that we're not the amount that we're used to. But um, it is what it is. They are in China right now. The tournament started uh, Saturday, and it ends September 15th. Uh, so far, the U.S. is 2-0 in uh, pool play. They have beaten the Czech Republic 88-67. They won that pretty handedly. They beat Turkey in overtime 93-92. They shot 35% from the floor. 35%. Yeah, that's that. They should have lost that game. And Turkey shot fifty percent. Go figure. And they still won. So to me, that's pretty telling. I mean, you shoot that bad and you still win. That's pretty nice. But bad news from that, minus the fact that we went in overtime with Turkey, was Jason Tatum actually sprained his ankle in overtime, and they have him out being, being out possibly two games. So. Hopefully his ankle isn't too, too bad and he can get back on the floor because they're going to need him. Definitely need Jason Tatum. He's a starter, I believe, so they'll need him. Um, And they actually play tomorrow. Game three will be tomorrow against Japan. And uh, Rui Huchimara is actually on that team. He was the Washington Wizards' first-round draft pick. He uh, played for Gonzaga. Um, He was one of their star players. And uh, so he's representing Japan. They play them tomorrow morning, uh, 7.30 a.m. Central Time. So if you guys have ESPN+, Plus, definitely check it out. I'll definitely have it on at my desk tomorrow. And that will end the NBA part of the show. On to the NFL. Hallelujah! The NFL season starts tomorrow night. I don't know about you guys, but I'm super excited Especially as a Saints fan, I want redemption. I want Drew Brees to get another Super Bowl ring. I'm ready to go. So they decided to open up the season with a bang. One of the top rivalries in the NFL. Green Bay at Chicago Soldier Field. They play at 7.20 p.m. kickoff. And uh, that should be a pretty good game. Aaron Aaron Rodgers versus little Mitchell Trubisky. And uh, Chicago's looking for a little redemption themselves. They had a bit of a heartbreaker last season, the way their playoff game ended. They really should have won that game. Their kicker missed a little chip shot field goal. That would have put them to the next round in New Orleans versus the Saints. But (sighs) kicker completely missed it. And um, 
Hopefully, they found themselves a new kicker. And if this kicker doesn't work, they can always hit up Carly Lloyd. I don't know if you guys saw that, but she hit a 55-yard field goal. Crazy. Uh, NFL teams are interested in Chicago. If you're still trying to find that kicker, hit up Carly. She can't do any worse, right? (laughs) So the teams to watch this season, to me, anyways, um, of course the Browns. The Browns have been so hyped. I don't think an NFL team has been this hyped. I have never seen or heard an NFL team constantly be gassed up like this. Um, Can they back all this hype? I'm interested to see that. I really am. So we'll see. Obviously, my Saints, can they bounce back from yet another heartbreaking playoff loss? This one hurt. This one stung, guys. This, I'm still salty, I'm still emotional, and I don't know if I'll ever get over it, honestly. And we all know they are going to play that no-call before every freaking game and probably during the game, too, all season long. And I am not ready to even watch that again. It makes me sick to my stomach, and it just gets me all in my emotions all over again like it happened yesterday. So, hopefully... My Saints can bounce back from it again and bounce back even better. We've done it once. We can do it again. Another team I'm interested in seeing are the Colts with Andrew Luck's crazy random retirement. How is Brissett going to do? The Colts were predicted to definitely be in the playoffs and be Super Bowl contenders. Like A lot of analysts were very high on the Colts this season. So the Luck retirement kind of threw everybody for a loop so can Brissett step up to the table the Colts have faith in him they did sign him to a two-year extension so we shall see Pittsburgh is another team now that the drama is gone the cancer's cut out they don't have any more excuses so let's see if Pittsburgh can you know prove themselves this year of course the Patriots I feel like the eyes are always on Patriots right Tom Brady always draws the eyes um, we, we can see Father Time. Is Father Time going to get him this year? Is this the year that Father Time gets Tom Brady, or is it Tom, Tom Brady win the matchup? We shall see. Last team I have are the Raiders, honestly, because Antonio Brown. Let's be real. All the antics that have gone on around Antonio Brown, all eyes are on him. He's been so disruptive and ridiculous. Like, you better ball out this season. And then the last thing to watch is the new rule. Yes, thanks to the Saints no call, there is a new rule that was voted uh, in the offseason to come into play and they are starting it this season. So coaches can now challenge a pass interference call or no call up until the two-minute warning of each half. In the final two minutes and in overtime, it'll be reviewable upstairs to the on-site replay, replay official. So they can, I believe they can review a no-call so the Saints situation wouldn't happen. So if they had this rule in place, upstairs would be like, uh, hey, blind refs down there, you missed about three flags on this one play. I'm going to need you to pick one and uh, let's let's roll this on. So I'm excited about this rule. I'm really interested to see how the coaches implement it because it doesn't change the amount of challenges they have. The same rules go as far as the general rules 
for the coaches. Um, so they'll definitely have to use it wisely for sure. On to Antonio Brown drama. Honestly, guys, what is his deal? Like, I honestly, and this is not a joke or anything, I'm seriously concerned that he may have, like, brain damage. Honestly. Let's think about this. Yes, he was a prima donna, big personality, as all wide receivers are, right? Especially star wide receivers. But his behavior now is completely erratic and... Not normal, honestly. He dyed his dreads blue and his mustache blonde and talking crazy, creating beef with Juju for no reason whatsoever. He walks into a cryotherapy with wet socks. Who does that? Like, really? Hello? Common sense. He also can't pick a freaking helmet. Out of all the helmets that he has and out of all the players in the league, he's the only one who has a problem. He knew that his helmet was old, very old, and that it was going to be on the list that wasn't able to be worn. So why did he not anticipate this, and why is he fighting it so hard? I just did not understand that. He's constantly tweeting about the Steelers, acting like, oh, you know, my ex still thinks about me because they had high ratings for the hard knocks, which is following the Raiders. It's on HBO, and obviously Antonio Brown's on it. And uh, they had high ratings in Pittsburgh, so of course he retweets it and says his ex is still thinking about him. And then today, of course, he has another antic. He tweets, he obviously got fined by the whole helmet saga because he missed training camp days and mandatory team things, and uh, every organization finds you for that. I'm sorry. Any team would have sent him this letter finding him because he missed mandatory activities. So he gets the letter today. He takes a picture, tweets the letter, and quotes, When your own team want to hate, but there's no stopping me, now devil is a lie. Everyone got to pay this year, so we clear. First of all, what does that even mean? I don't, I don't get it. And then second of all, your team isn't hating. Like, you broke the rules. You weren't at mandatory events all because you were whining about your friggin' 10-plus-year-old helmet that you want to wear. Um, it is just ridiculous, honestly. I would hate to be a Raiders fan because this would get on my last nerve. And it's unfortunate because Antonio Brown is crazy talented. And this puts a damper on all the talent. The antics off the field are just a big headache, and it ruins all of it for you. I'm done with Antonio Brown. Throw him away. On to Andrew Luck. He retires at 29 years old, guys. 29. Not to mention, he does it week three of preseason games in the middle of a game. Mind you, they're in Indianapolis, so <laughs> you can understand this didn't go well with the, uh, the Colts fans. This season, though, is so weird that he does it because he actually would have had an O-line. They have a really good team, and like I said earlier, the Colts were predicted to be a Super Bowl contender. So out of all the seasons he wants to go and retire, it's this one, the one where you have the most shot at success, the one where you're most protected. 
it blows my mind and it was shocking. I remember getting the notification on my phone and I had to read it like three times. I was like, wait, what? Andrew Luck? What? Retired? What is this? But I guess it just shows you how frustrated and mentally drained he was from all his injuries because he he quit when it's supposed to be his prime, honestly. Um, he also got booed at the game, and a lot of people had Andrews back in that, a lot of players, former players. I can honestly understand why the fans did it. Not that I'm condoning it, but I do see their point of view as to why they would boo him. I mean... Just look at it from their perspective. Andrew Luck, we know how good he can be. We know his talent. Every season you're set, you are being told he's healthy. This is the year. You know, he's ready to go and he's going to shine. Then he gets injured. This year, even more in particular, they have a really good team. And it was supposed to be their year. And you're being fed this constantly, all offseason, all preseason. And then all of a sudden, your franchise quarterback decides he wants to retire right before the season starts. I can see how that's super frustrating as a fan, especially being so patient with him the past six seasons. So I, I get it. Do I agree with it? No, but I do understand the emotion behind that. Um, and just to give you an idea of Andrew Luck's injuries that he's battled through six seasons he's had a torn cartilage in two ribs partially torn abdomen lacerated kidney that sounds terrible concussion a torn labrum in in his throwing shoulder and he had a calf ankle issue that I think led to the the retirement because he did get that in preseason and I think he was so frustrated that it just put him over the edge It's sad to see, but honestly, I don't think this is the end of Andrew Luck. I think he takes some time away. He rests his body. He rests emotionally. And I think he returns. I really do. I don't think this is the end of Andrew Luck. And I hope that he can get the rest and the clarity that he needs uh, this year. On to Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott has two years left on his contract, and he wants an extension, which I don't blame him because a back like Zeke, a ground and pound back, they don't last that long in the league because it's so much. it takes such a toll on their body that they don't last. When you're 30, you're considered old in the league. Like They don't last that long, and honestly, the rookie contracts are such trash that a good running back like Zeke gets completely robbed of the money he should be making so I don't blame him for holding out but there was so much drama like Jerry Jones says a joke Zeke is disrespected now Jerry's upset because uh he thought they had a better relationship than that he can joke with Zeke then they had um, then Jerry states that you don't need an all pro back to win a Super Bowl and they're just making slight comments back and forth and it's like, oh my goodness, like, are they even going to get a deal done at this point? Because I feel like people are getting disrespected, like, Zeke's gone to Cabo, it's just, it got, like, every day was something different, kind of like Antonio Brown, and uh, fortunately for Cowboy fans, they finally came into an agreement. This morning, Zeke signed a six-year, 90 mil 
deal with 50 of that guaranteed, which makes him the highest paid running back in the NFL. So now that they got Zeke done, they now have Dak and Amari Cooper to pay. So those will be the next ones to keep an eye on for the Cowboys. It's a lot of money for a ground and pound back like that. Um, I feel like if you're Dallas, you kind of had to pay him because he makes uh, Dak look better. And he's essentially the engine to your offense. So without Zeke, I don't think the Cowboys do very well, honestly. Um, He's their piece that makes them good. So they had to get the deal done. But hopefully Zeke can last his body lasts that long um I do know that a few more backs young backs are going to be seeking to get paid soon Alvin Kamara with the Saints they gotta pay him Alvin Kamara uh Christian McCaffrey and also Saquon Barkley will probably looking for an extension soon just like um Zeke doing it like two years so he can get that money um just due to the type of backs they are. Zeke and Saquon are are similar in that they're the ground and pound back. And then um, McCaffrey and Kamara are similar as well. They are different back. They're more of like they can do screen passes. They can run routes. They can pretty much do whatever you need them to do. And they're lighter on their feet. So a back like that, I actually wouldn't be mad at paying because I feel like they last longer in the league. So... Those guys are going to be looking to get paid, and I think Zeke just set a bar, honestly, especially for Saquon. I think Saquon's definitely going to have that reference when that comes uh, time for that with the Giants. So, uh, Giants, you're going to have to be referencing that. I have a feeling. Probably next season, season after that. Not too sure when Saquon wants to jump on that. On to the power rankings. I'm just going to do the top five for the season before we start obviously 32 teams that's a lot to talk about so we'll just keep it top five so at five I was kind of shocked they have Philly um everyone's pretty high on Philly coming into this year I guess because Carson Wentz is healthy you know but last year I thought he was supposed to be healthy and I wasn't too impressed um I don't know I'm to be determined on this one I don't I'm not sold on Philly at five uh the Rams are at four their roster didn't change too too much. Um, they're still a good team. Obviously, they made it to Super Bowl last year. Granted, they shouldn't have been shouldn't have been there, but whatever. Moving on, uh, number three, my New Orleans Saints. Can they bounce back? Their roster also didn't change too much. Um, we did get Jared Cook, which was huge because they needed another receiver, especially at tight end. We didn't really have a a dominant tight end to spread the field for uh, Michael Thomas. So that was a good pickup. And then they also let uh, Mark Ingram go. He wanted too much money. You know, he's a 30-year-old back. Granted, we all love Mark Ingram, but like I said, we got to pay Alvin Kamara. We just paid Michael Thomas, made him the highest wide receiver in the league. Um, We also paid Cam Jordan pretty high. We still got to pay Marshawn Lattimore. Um, We just have a bunch of dudes that we got to pay, and that's our young core. So... I pick that over Mark Ingram any day. Um, And then at number two, Kansas City. They made some really good roster moves. I like what they did um, in the offseason. And then, of course, Patrick Mahomes. I'm anxious to see if he can 
do what he did last year or even do one better, which would be really hard to do because he was pretty phenomenal last year. It was fun to watch him play. And, of course, at number one, the New England Patriots, the reigning Super Bowl champs, obviously. Like I said earlier, all eyes on Tom and Father Time. So we'll see what Tom Brady we get. Can he still beat his age? Who knows? But that is your top five for the NFL this season. Um, We'll see how that all pans out. And that is it for episode one of season two, take 30. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And until next week, guys, enjoy all those NFL games and enjoy it all being back again. See you guys next week.